Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Game on! Game on! Hello, Boston Bruins fans. I'm Kurt Schmid, and you're listening to Believe in Boston Bruins on the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in Boston Bruins. Do you believe? On this week's episode, the Bruins hit the ice at Warrior Ice Arena, and the schedule is released. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can find us at Believe.com and Apple Podcasts. The Bruins were back on the ice last week for an informal voluntary skate at Warrior Ice Arena as they gear up for a new season, which will open with training camp on January 3rd. Seven teams, the seven teams that didn't participate in the 2019-20 return to play in the bubble, will be uh, will be allowed to open their training camps as early as as early as uh, Thursday, this coming Thursday, December 31st. Now, the players who participated in the workouts last week were Trent Frederick, Carson Kuhlman, Sean Corrali, Jack Stanika, defenseman Brandon Carlo, Connor Clifton, Matt Grizzlick, Charlie McAvoy, and goaltender Tuka Rask. So we still haven't really seen, we haven't seen Bergeron yet. We haven't really seen... Um, Marshawn and Pasternak, of course, both of those two guys are were had injuries while they were in the bubble. So you probably won't see them on the ice for another couple of days. I believe Marshawn is the only one of the two that's actually skating. Now, there are protocols in place for the upcoming season. Uh, players arriving at their home players arrive at their home cities for the starting training camp, and they will be required to self-quarantine for about seven days during which they will be tested four times. So kind of liking that testing four times. So uh, the players are asked to avoid going to restaurants, bars, clubs, and uh, not to have any outside guests at their home, which to me make, makes complete sense. But that's what we're all doing right now, or we all should be doing right now. Uh, NHL coaches are going to be required to wear masks behind the bench. Of course, when they were in the, when they were in the bubble, the only people that were really wearing masks behind the bench were the uh, train uh, the trainers and the equipment staff. So, um, so the coaches are going to have to wear masks. Um, the owners are not going to be allowed to have any face to face meetings with the players or coaches, and the teams can travel with no more than fifty people. So, if you take all the staff, if you take the players, that's about twenty guys, or maybe maybe a little bit more. I don't know what's going to happen as far as as far as the players. As far as you know, if you think about it, you know they they usually travel with a good let's see twenty probably twenty four guys on the roster. You might have they might actually up it to like what they did for the bubble, and that was I believe there were like thirty players allowed on the roster. So just in case of injuries, so. This way, there won't be any call-ups or anything. So we'll just have to wait and see about that. There's still a couple more days uh, to work things out. Now, the thing about the schedule is that it's a going to be a 56-game schedule. It's going to be a 56-game schedule, um, which was released last week, and the Bees dropped the puck on January 14th 
when they visit the New Jersey Devils for, for two games. Then they go on a little short trip to Long Island, and then they return home on January 21st against the Philadelphia Flyers. So it's going to be a really good condensed schedule. Um, they will finish the season at the TD Garden against the Rangers on May 8th. Now, there are going to be a lot of, of three games and four nights situations. So they're probably the Bees are probably going to play 56 games in about 118 games, or in, in about 156 games in 118 days or once every two days. So, you know, that makes sense with a, with, with a, um, with a condensed schedule. The Bruins will play each of the, their seven uh, Eastern Division teams eight times. So you're going to see the Rangers eight times. You're going to see the Islanders eight times. You know, teams that you wouldn't n- normally see a lot. I mean, maybe maybe two or three times a year you would see these teams. Now you're going to be seeing these guys eight times, four home, four away. The real nice part about this is you're not going to have to see, you know, you're, you're going to avoid a, shut, a showdown with the Tampa Bay Lightning who's playing in the Central Division, along with Chicago and Carolina and Florida and a lot of those Central um, a lot of those central teams. Now, I haven't really paid much attention over the holidays, but we still don't know if the Canadian teams will be allowed to play in Canada. The NHL is still in discussion with the federal and um, province... Prov- I can't even say that word today. Uh, with, the, with the government uh, in Canada... To determine whether its seven Canadian Canadian-based teams are going to be able to play in their home cities. So the thing is here with this, well, let me get, you know, what's going to happen if they can't play in these cities? Well, you know, you might actually have teams moving. You might have, you know, like even even in the off even in the baseball season, you had the Toronto Blue Jays playing in Buffalo. You had uh, Toronto FC playing in East Hartford. So, you know, we really don't know what's going to happen right there. But sources say that the five provinces, there we go, have requested additional testing procedures or have asked the NHL to consider a bubble model. Uh, If the bubble isn't an option, NHL sources say that that, uh, a delay to the start of the season has been suggested, but the NHL is still working with with the Canadian government. So we might see some changes in the divisions, you know, if these come if these teams come south, it you know, could it could change things up as far as divisions and scheduling. So, you know, you're probably sitting there saying to yourself right now, you know, where are these teams going to play? Well, there's a couple of options in here, all right? One of the options is that like let's just say there's a couple of arenas in, in the Northeast where a team like Toronto, Montreal, and Ottawa can play. I mean, you could probably throw Montreal in Manchester, New Hampshire. That arena's not being used for anything right now. You know, it was a good venue for AHL hockey. Um, Toronto playing in Albany, a former another former AHL market. Um, and Ottawa going somewhere. So, you know, there's at least three places where they can play. You know, Manchester, Albany. I mean, I've even I even thought about maybe playing in Lake Placid at the Herb Brooks Arena would be a good option for for maybe Montreal since they're right down right down the highway from there. So, those those are probably the things that right now that are probably would hold up, you know, a start of the season on the 13th, but it looks like 
I we haven't really heard anything over the over the weekend, you know, since last week. So maybe maybe things have been worked out, and um, we might get a chance to, um, you know, you might have a Canadian uh, division or the North Division as they were, as they were um, talking about. Now, overall, I'm not concerned about the bees playing a a fifty a fifty six game season, you know. But there are some teams that might end up surprising us in a shortened season. Some teams might start out hot and keep the moment keep the momentum going, um, and that happens. Okay, it happens a lot where teams will come out and they will like, you know, come out, you know, and have a great October November. You get to Christmas and then they start to fall apart, you know, because in a normal season, some teams will come out of the gate on a winning streak and and start to fall between Thanksgiving, Christmas and and never recover. I have a feeling some teams will surprise us. Last year, the Islanders were were hot, were hot early on. They were leading the they were leading the conference after a few and then after a few midseason injuries, they almost didn't make a playoff spot. So basically, if you think about it, COVID basically saved their season. I mean, I have a feeling that they will challenge the Bees for the top spot in the Eastern Division. Uh, the Rangers had an up-and-down season last year, but they're rebuilding. Uh, they had the number one pick in the draft. Uh, playing is going to be playing for them. Uh, they have two young goaltenders and a group of young, experienced veterans. And I have a feeling that they're going to make some noise out there. So... I'm counting on them for to challenge for a playoff spot. You know, they could be one of those teams that starts really well and basically just keeps the momentum going. Now, I wouldn't count out the Devils either. I mean, they have a new coach in Lindy Ruff. Uh, they have a young young core that includes forwards Nico Hishizer. Hishizer. Um, I hate, sometimes I hate pronouncing names. That's that's what. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he was the number one pick in the 2017 draft, and then Jack Hughes was the number one pick in 2019. So look for the look for the Devils to do something. Now the Flyers will also give the Bruins some competition and a lot of competition. The Flyers were coming on strong last season after winning nine of their last nine of their last ten games before COVID nine before the COVID nineteen shutdown. I mean they were on a roll. Uh, they played well in the postseason until running out of steam against the Islanders in Game Seven of the second round. And you know they do have they have a really good core of players, but the guy that's going to really help them is going to be their 22 year old goalie sensation Carter Hart in between the pipes. Um, so Philly's hungry, they're talented, and they're ready to win right now. So there can, you know, they're they're another team that could give the bees a little bit of competition. So. It's anybody. This is going to be a fun season to watch. I know it's a short season, but still, it's going to be really fun. And you know, you can't, you can't, um, you can't forget about Sidney Crosby and the Crosby kids in Pittsburgh. All right. There's also Ovi and the Caps. You know, they're a good bet in there. You know, it's a shame that we won't see Hendrick Lundqvist with the with the Capitals, but. I have a feeling that maybe you know you could see um, you see the you could see the Caps challenge. So it's anybody's game. I mean, I'm not really sure about the Buffalo Sabers yet. I mean, yeah, they had some pretty good offseason acquisitions, but still, I I don't think that they're really going to challenge. I see them finishing dead last in the um, in the conference. 
So, or in the division, actually. So they're going to finish about dead last in the division. So I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even, I would count them out from the very beginning. So um, all these teams have a good chance of making the playoffs. Uh, these schedules have so many games against the same team that it could result in some heated rivalries, you know, that could be revived or jump-started. We all know that whole Boston versus New York rivalry will be there, and games against the Flyers are always intense. I don't know, maybe throwing a game against Buffalo. I mean, we could probably throw a game in there against Buffalo too. But like I said, Buffalo probably won't even be a factor. I'm not really sure about Pittsburgh, uh, New Jersey, maybe Washington a little bit, but I have a feeling that, you know, the Boston, New York thing and, you know, the, the Flyers are going to be the more, more intense rivalries out there. Now, there's still no word on, on uh, Chara. He's still talking to other teams as well as the Bruins. And who knows what's going ha- to happen to him. I mean, the Bees are still in good shape on the blue line if he comes back or not. Uh, they have McAvoy and Carlo as their top two D-man. Uh, Matt Grizzlick is there, Connor Clifton, and other young defensemen to fill the spots left by the loss of Tory Krug and possibly Chara. I mean, you got, got you got some really talented defensemen down in Providence. Jeremy Lazan, uh, Vakaninen is in there. So they're going to be pretty good um, on defense. Now, like I said earlier, Pat, uh, Pasternak and Marchant are going to miss a few games at the start of the season, but they return, and I wouldn't worry about it right now. I mean, the thing is that who are you going to put Berge, who's going to be on Bergeron's line right now? Are you going to take a? Are you going to put one of the younger kids on there? You know, are you going to put Trent Frederick with uh, and Carson Kuhlman on with on with um, Bergeron before um, before Pasternak and Marchand come back? So. That's gonna be that's gonna be a tough one. It's gonna be interesting to see who plays with Bergeron. You know, if Pasternak and Marshawn aren't ready to go, you know, you could see, you know, you could possibly see a, you know, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit more line juggling, like maybe like putting, I don't know, uh, DeBrusque on with with Bergeron, or even you know taking another another young kid, you know, putting him on that line. So who knows what's going to happen with that one. Of course, the other big question concerning the Bruins is Tuka Rask. Yeah, I know I've brought up Tuka Rask a lot during while during the off well during the bubble time, but this is a crucial time for them. Okay? You know, you got to you got to realize what's his mindset going into the season. I mean, this is his last this is he is going to be a free agent after the season. So, you know, what's his mindset going into the season? Has his family situation improved since the bubble? Haven't really heard anything. He's been, but he's been quiet. Um, he was at the workouts at Warrior last week, last week, which was a good sign. Um, maybe, maybe things are okay with the, with the family, and he's ready to go. You know, the big question is, does he leave the team this season? Um, if the season is forced back into some type of a bubble situation like the playoffs. So basically, I'm thinking that this season, all eyes are going to be on him. All eyes are going to be on him this year, wondering what's his mindset going into the season. I mean, he could be fine. He could be fine going into the season. You know, I and here's the thing, guys. I don't want to. I'm getting tired of seeing the trade rask comments. All right, the bees are going to need him 
you know, going to need an elite goaltender like him in a short season. And, you know, just have to wait until the season is... We'll just have to wait until the season is over and see what Tuca decides, okay? You know, he is a free agent, so will he resign with the Bees, go to another team, or retire? We don't know yet. But he's going to be he's going to be under a microscope this year because of what happened over the summer. You know, leaving the team because of his family because of a family situation. So, we'll just have to see what happens with that one. Now, what did the Bruins do? You know, do they let Tuka walk and resign Halak? Now, Halak is a is a free agent. So, do they do they let sign, you know, do they let the two of them walk and sign two free agent goaltenders? You know, so who knows what's going to happen with that situation. I mean, you know, going into a season where you actually have two free agent, you know, you're going to go into an off season where you have two free agent goaltenders, not just one. So one of them is probably going to end up walking or what? I don't know. Do you sign and do you sign them? So because I hate to tell, you know, a lot of you probably don't know this, but the Bruins actually have the best goaltending, goaltending tandem in the league. And, you know, why would any Bruins fan want to break these guys up right now? You know, maybe go out and resign these guys to a, an extra two or three years, you know, over the summer. And then and then go for a rebuild. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And then rebuild uh, with younger goaltenders, like the Rangers have done with uh, Gorgiev and, and Shesterkin. You know, you can go and do that. You know, because I still think that Vladar, Kaiser, or Jeremy Swayman, who who had an outstanding career at the University University of Maine, could be ready by then. So, you know, as far as the goaltending goes, they're set for another, you know, if they can resign both Tuka Rask and uh, Halak, you know, they'll be good to go for another two years. That gives these three kids some extra time in the in the um, down in Providence. So give these kids some extra time. I know Vladar saw some action in the playoffs uh, this summer, but I really don't think he's ready yet. You could possibly see him possibly may, maybe he might even play this year. Um, you know, since it's such a condensed schedule there Either Rask or Halak will get injured. I hope not because that'll start another another line of crap from from some of these um, non-real Bruins fans that are going to say, you know, if if Rask goes down with an injury, are they going to say he's soft? You know, there's going to be you know there's play there's going to be fans like me who says, no, listen, it's an injury, okay? He's not soft. So. It's going to be an interesting to see what happens, you know, once, you know, once the season gets underway, you know, what's Tuca's mindset going to be? Is he going to be that elite goaltender that we saw, you know, last season? Or is he going to be the guy that's like not really in it, you know, when his, when, um, when he had the family situation? Okay. Now, speaking of free agents, I know a lot of you were, were saying to yourselves, Get Mike Hoffman. Get Mike Hoffman. We need Mike Hoffman. Well, guess what? Mike Hoffman isn't coming to Boston. He's agreed to a professional tryout contract. Uh, professional tryout contract with the St. Louis Blues. So, whether he makes, you know, there's a good chance he could make the Blues on this uh, PTO. Um, you know, here's the thing. I'm just happy to see the NHL back. I'm glad there's hockey. You know. 
I mean, I've been watching hockey for like the last like couple of weeks since um, since college came back, and now we have the World Juniors. So I'm glad hockey's back. I don't give a crap what the divisions look like or how many games they're playing. At least they're going to give it a try. I mean, there's going to be some positive tests. I mean, look at the NFL. Look at college. Um, college football. Look at baseball. Baseball had them. Um, not really sure about the M- the NBA just got started, so we'll wait and see about them. But there are going to be some, there will be some positive tests and maybe even some postponements. But I feel that the NHL will complete the regular season, the playoffs, and the Stanley Cup on time, and they'll be back for an 82 game schedule. Okay, but there will be, you'll probably see a positive test pop up here and there. Now, speaking of the World Junior Championships that I've been watching, and it's been really great. Um, there are two Bruin prospects playing in the tournament, Roman Bychov, Bychov for Russia and Matthias Manti, there, there's a kid from, uh, Finland too. So, uh, all games are on the NHL network in the States and TSN in Canada. Uh, you could probably watch a live stream someplace too. So there are actually two kids, two, um, prospects playing in this tournament. So that's going to be, that's the... You know, up until till the thirteenth, I mean, that's going to fill the void a little bit. You know, if you're a hockey fan, if you're a diehard hockey fan like me, that's going to fill the void of the junior world junior tournament. There are going to be in some college games. I mean, I've watched a few on TV, and they've been fun to watch. So there's there's tons of hockey out there until the thirteenth, and then once the thirteenth rolls around, we're ready to go, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a a lot more intense since it's going to be a tighter schedule. So it's going to be a really fun time, a really fun time from April until about, or April, really, April. Yeah, I'm already thinking playoffs. I'm already thinking playoffs, people. So what we're thinking is that it's going to be, (laughs) lost my train of thought there. Um, you know, from Jan- from January till about May, wh- when the regular season ends, it's going to be fun, intense hockey. We're going to see we're we're going to see those you know intense rivalries between New York and Boston, Philly. That's gonna that's gonna really really ramp up. So it's going to be interesting to see. And a little special happy birthday going out to former Bruins captain Ray Bork, who turns sixty. Wow, don't I feel old? Hey, if you have a question for me, you can tweet me at HockeyNASCAR413 or go to my Believe in Boston Bruins Facebook page. This show is available on all your favorite streaming platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Are you interested in advertising on this show? Please contact Believe at Believe.com. Now, if you would like to join me as a guest on Believe in Boston Bruins podcast, go to the Believe in Boston Bruins Facebook page and we'll set up a time and a date for a time to record the podcast. All you need is Skype or Zoom. It doesn't have to be all about the Bruins. We can talk about anything NHL, AHL, anything hockey. Thanks for listening and have a happy new year.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.